Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. We are David and Tracy Sellers, and we have made Vows to Keep. What do David and I have in common with you and your spouse? with the rich man that Jesus encountered, Jacob and Esau, and Ananias and Sapphira. Well, stay tuned today on Vows to Keep Radio, part two of a new series, Trim It, Live It, and Prove It. And if you missed last week, we're going to catch you up in just a minute. We parallel our teaching to the imagery that God uses often in his word, that imagery of a runner running a race, a marathon. God clearly explains to us that we're runners too, that we are on a path with a clear destination, running to win a prize. For example, in our house, I juggle being a dad, a husband, an engineer, and a marriage counselor. Now, I'm not trying to put the spotlight on me. In fact, quite the opposite. I want you to know I often barely succeed at one and fail at all the rest. That burden of failure causes all kinds of other things to also fall. Satan loves that part. When I'm overwhelmed at my job, I don't have the energy to make quality time together actually quality in our marriage. The question I ask myself and other men like me is, what prevents me from doing what God has called me to do? My desire to be seen as a success at work causes me to weigh overwork to the detriment of my family. Can you relate to this? God's called my relationship with him to be first and Tracy to be second. I'm called to be a husband, right? Now, if my overzealous drive for work prevents that, I'm actually not doing a good thing. So I ask you, what has God called you to do in your life? What has he called you to do in your marriage? And what prevents you from doing what God has asked? David and I have had the privilege to walk beside numerous couples who have come to vows to keep for a biblical direction. Now, each couple is unique in their situation, but every one of us, including David and I, we've got pretty similar heart problems. We want what we want when we want it. We raise idols up and above the place of God in our lives. We have sinful natures that must be put away as we put on our new nature in Christ Jesus. And each and every one of us has fat in our lives that needs to be trimmed out. In a minute here, we're going to get really specific on some common fats, so to speak, that might need to get cut out of our lives so that we can run the race well. Fats that are affecting your marriage and your spiritual walk. But first, let's define fat again in case you weren't with us last week. Fat is sin or something that without a boundary can become a sin. F-A-T, F for fluff and foreign objects, A for anti-accountability and T for thieves. So listen up. So a rich young man ran up to Jesus and fell at his feet, asking him how he could have eternal life. From a distance, even from sort of up close, his motive seemed really good. But when Jesus asked this guy to give up his wealth, the man went away sad. His riches that had once been just sort of some extra fluff in his life, not necessarily sinful in and of themselves, even something that was enjoyable and a gift from God, all of a sudden, in a moment of decision, became a foreign object. Fluff turned into sin, something that would from that moment on hinder this man from having a relationship with God. God knew that this man's riches were fat that stood in the way something that would block his path towards God. Let me give you a personal example from our own lives. So David and I watch Netflix every night as we fall asleep. We enjoy the show and we even get a laugh or two, but it's something that's always present. 
Now, it's not sinful to enjoy some downtime, but as fluff like this become a foreign object that needs to go, does it hinder me from having deep discussions with David? Does it block my time in God's word? Not one of us can say that we don't have fat in our lives and our marriages, whether that something is a sin or not, whether it's fluff or a foreign object. If you've got a sin in your life, it is affecting your marriage. If you have fluff in your life, then we have to ask the question, is it teetering on the edge of becoming a sin because it's beginning to rule you? An excellent way to test if your fluff has turned to sin is to give it the accountability test. If I'm avoiding accountability on something, it is almost guaranteed that it is excess fat, that it needs to be cut out. Otherwise, it's going to trip you up. Most of us, though, we don't really want to call sin, sin. We excuse it because we think that helps to benefit us. There's a story of that in Acts chapter 5. A man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of that money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. His wife also lied about this money, thinking that if they just kept back a little, no one would notice. The A in fat stands for accountability. You see, Ananias and Sapphira stand as an example to us in God's word. The apostles were there to hold them accountable, but of course they thought they knew what was best, and that is how sin rolls. In our marriage, we sometimes think, The sin we're committing is under the cover of darkness, but you know what? It never is. If you don't want accountability for something, it's most assuredly a sin and therefore adverse to God's word, which means I'm trying hard not to come under God's authority. So what topic brings up this kind of isolation in your marriage? I meet with men who are intimacy starved in their marriage and they're fighting this porn addiction. Those same men take that frustration as fuel to further isolate from their wives. You know what? She's running on empty too. God's word has specific instructions for both of you as individuals to benefit your spouse. So we have this sin, like not feeding our spouse's need, which creates fat in our lives. Our energies going towards selfish things, things like pornography that we're trying to hide from other people. And then finally, before we get into how to trim out this fat in our lives and marriages, let's look at the T because T stands for thieves. So just a little further down in this passage that we keep referring to in Hebrews chapter 12, where Paul reminds us what we're to pay attention to as runners in this race, we're pointed to the account of Jacob and Esau, a reminder from Genesis chapter 25. Esau was the firstborn and he had all the rights and the inheritance that came with that position. And Hebrews twelve fourteen says that we should make sure that none of us is immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. And afterward, as you know, verse 17 says, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought it with tears, he could not change what he had done. Esau let his appetite, his desire for immediate gratification, rob him of the blessing that was intended for him. Yes, you heard me right. He robbed himself. And we do the same thing when we let thieves come into our marriages. A thief is anything that robs God or my family or my spouse, anything that's in my life that robs my ability to be a steward of what God has entrusted me with. So we hope you're beginning to recognize what is robbing you or your wife. It's time to trim it. It's time to cut out the fat that's crowding out what God has entrusted you with. But I think looking at what needs to go is super scary because we think if we don't have this fat, if we don't have the extras in life, that we're not going to have enough 
to live on. If we don't indulge ourselves, no one else is going to do it for us. And we need the overflow that we're giving ourselves right now. Let me share with you a very important truth. Trimming out what doesn't belong in your marriage will provide your marriage an overflow in what really matters. So let's be humble and courageous today. Let's look at those things with an eye on change. You may have to reduce that current consumption of what you desire to actually free up space to have margin for your marriage and to serve the Lord. So let's get very specific. What are some of the common fats? What are some of the things that are those foreign fluffy objects in our lives that we're running away from accountability for the things that are thieves and how can you identify them in your life? Remember, as we talk about these, not all of these are sins, but they might be something that could turn into a sin without a boundary. So I think a big one, David, that needs to be addressed in every single marriage is time. And I think where to start with this topic is, do I consider the 24 hours in the day mine? Maybe it's ours. Is it God's? Does it belong to my boss or my kids? Because who I determine it belongs to determines what I am going to do with it. You're right. These are the commitments that we make. What are we invested in? Have we talked about it with our spouse? And that doesn't just mean, hey, honey, here's what I'm going to do this Saturday. But actually, it's a discussion. If you're already knee deep, or maybe you're considering getting that way with a specific commitment, and you haven't had a discussion about it, you've just assumed, or you've taken leeway that wasn't yours to take, then it's time now to recognize that this might be a sign of some fat in your life, some things that need to change. Maybe you're just busy. No time for the most important stuff that's out there. When you talk about important stuff, David, I think we have to define first what that is, because sometimes things take a place of importance when they're really not what God has called us to. For example, I think it's easy for most marriages to struggle to have energy for one another, for those things in our marriage that keep us healthy, but we've used up all of our excess playing video games, maybe painting a room, maybe building a car, or running our kids around to 10 different sports. So if my goal is a healthy life, for example, if I'm going to be a runner, then I'm going to have to make some choices. I'm going to have to deny myself the French fries if I'm going to run a triathlon. The same thing proves true in your life and in your marriage. If you're going to have time and space and margin to pour into your spouse, then you're going to have to say no to some things that don't truly matter. And one of those things is technology. I think it's a huge one. Roughly eight in 10 adults go online at least daily. For a lot of people, social media is just part of their daily routine. Most Facebook users and Instagram users visit those sites at least once a day. And 50% of adults do some sort of gaming every single day of their lives. How much time is that truly taking? Do an evaluation, mark it down for a week. How much time am I spending on these things? And how much time am I spending pouring into my spouse? And technology is also a factor when it comes to the purity that we have, not only with our eyes, but with our heart. There's so much opportunity tied to technology. How about finances? It's the same thing as time. Whose money is it? Is it my money? Is it our money? Is it God's money? Or is it something we've agreed upon together that we're going to use not only our time, but our finances to invest in the kingdom of God? This is not an exhaustive list of fats by any stretch, but we've all got things in our life that need to go, that need to be evaluated and taken out so that we can run unencumbered. 
So where do we start? Well, you may have tried, like I have, to cut out some of these things before just to fall back into old patterns, and that can be very frustrating. That bench on the side of the road when we get tired in this race looks awfully comfortable sometimes. If you have a marriage question, please email questions at vowstokeep.com. Vows to Keep will respond to you via email and perhaps use it on the air. Now let's rejoin Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. So let's get down to it right now. Let's trim. Trim is how we remove the fats and keep them gone for good. As Christians, we mentally assent, I think, to the Bible as truth, but our lives show so often that we're looking for truth elsewhere. So as we trim things out, we've got to go to the truth of God's word. So to invest in your spouse for the long run, to be a long distance runner in your marriage, you've got to have the right tools, the right mindset, and some spiritual muscles. That only happens by consistently exposing yourself to the truth of scripture and then putting it into practice. Don't faint on the race route because you haven't had a biblical snack since last Sunday during the morning sermon. Consume the Bible as your source of fuel. So in trim, R stands for repentance. We can't skip over this because repentance is turning away completely from the sin that's in our life, saying, God, I need your forgiveness in this area. If you need to do that, make a point to do that about the specific sin that's in your life. Now, if there's some fluff in your life, remove it and replace it with something else. For example, instead of going to bed with your iPad in your hand, replace that time looking into your spouse's eyes, having those awesome conversations, and end your night by praying together. Instead of sleeping in late, when you're not that tired, wake up early to have your devotion time with God so you've got extra to pour into your spouse that day. Instead of spending some money on some new games for your game system, surprise your spouse with a hot date. God tells us in his word to put off our old nature, but it doesn't stop there. We have to put on our new nature in replacement of that. We can't just take something out. Like we've said, if you make margin for your spouse, but you don't fill it with actually giving to them, something else is going to fill that time slot. But what about David, when you just don't feel like you have anything to give? You feel like you're the one who needs someone to pour into you, but at the same time, you know your spouse needs their burden lifted as well. Yeah, I know how you feel. Certainly, we've both been there before, and actually recently, we're on this marriage journey with you and your spouse. I think many times we find ourselves both at the same time in the parched desert. The amazing thing is that when we're in those moments of almost despairing, God meets us where we are, and he provides for us. He gives us not just enough for us, but enough for us to actually pour into our spouse too. Take time to get on your knees before him and ask for his provision in your marriage. Replace that fat with love, loving God, loving others, and you're going to find you are more filled up than ever before. I think a really important point in trimming out the fat is when we do it. I stands for immediately. Whatever fat God is asking you to take out, don't delay. Too often we make this goal just to trim to lose weight, but God is asking us to get healthy. And this is where we can make excuses and even timelines for how we're going to deal with our sin. So I'll I'll give that, that thing up that's hindering me in my marriage. 
after we reach this certain milestone, maybe starting next week sometime. You see, we don't see the problem as that we're not healthy. We see it as though there's some fat in our life. And although this may be a minor distinction, it is a very important distinction. Most of the time, we don't loathe our sin. We want more of it. And this is where that repentance that Tracy's talking about is key. We need to do an about face. Not starting our diet tomorrow, but purging the house of the junk food tonight. Not waiting until I feel like I've got something to give my spouse, but giving and sacrifice today. Not waiting for the energy that you think you should have. I'm going to give a real practical personal example here. So when I begin a diet, which needs to happen every so often, too much ice cream, okay? So the first day, I've got really good intentions. I exercise. I make that special trip to the store to make sure I've got all the items on hand to make this diet a success. So it's Monday morning, the start of an epic journey. And I'm thinking that, hey, by next Monday, I'll have dropped three pounds. So Tuesday rolls around and you know what? I forgot to put the chicken in the crock pot and I'm running late getting home from work. Now I'm ravenously hungry and I see in my cupboard all the ingredients for a quick and easy standby meal. Maybe in your house it's waffles. Well, in our house, it's crepes. Two cups of flour, one cup of sugar, six eggs and milk. Yeah, I think you see where I'm going with this. I give in to the convenience food for dinner and even lavish mine with some extra Nutella. Yummy, right? I mean, what's a crepe without Nutella? Well, what's my Wednesday morning going to look like? I'm very likely not to get up early and exercise because one little concession to my resolve and I'm off the diet train completely. All my reasons for beginning this journey have been forgotten and I'm back to hogging out at the church potluck. <laughs> it may take many more weeks for me to get my act together and start this whole process over again. Maybe next time it's not crepes. It's the ice cream I left in the freezer for the kids that I cave into late one night or it's my coworker offering me the cookies she brought into the office. I saw a need to cut out the excess, and maybe you're seeing that in your life as well. Calories and junk food in my situation, something else in yours. My body was craving the fruits and vegetables and God-grown food, but in the moment, the fat and the sugar and the carbs sounded and indeed did feel really good. I convinced myself that I needed them. I had to have them in order to be happy. In these moments, I'm not looking at the long term. I'm not seeing myself in a nursing home with a cane, joints aching, back hunched over, knees that barely function from holding up a body that's been overweight for years. Nope, I'm living the dream right here, right now. I'm going to go back to one more common example I think so many people can relate with if they actually knew the facts of their marriage. For any woman who can't understand how their husband can struggle with lust, it's actually a very similar fight. This is why in both examples, God didn't ask you to go it alone. You are married to be refined and cared for together. Relating back to the diet example that I just gave, you and I, we don't see our marriages 20, 30, 50 years down the road. We're seeing what feels good to us today. This is a call to action to evaluate where your marriage is at, where you want it to be, to cut out the things that are important and to replace them with what God has asked you to do. Don't wait to be obedient to God's word. Don't wait to be obedient to God's authority in your life. Don't wait till your marriage is crippled to take action. Get an accountability partner and run the race God has set before you. And finally, David, M stands for a marathon mindset. Trimming is all about setting yourself up for success over the long haul. A triathlon athlete trains, competes, and then they stop and rest. But this is like the Ironman race. 
It's for keeps, not just a one and done. God equips us to be in this race for the long haul. So we've got to be really cautious of the tips and tricks, the cheats as they were, right? The tummy tucks and the gut balloons, all the quick fixes that are out there. We've got to avoid the five easy tips to get you what you want out of your marriage or out of your life. The marathon of life is for God's kingdom. The marathon of your marriage is for God's kingdom too. You see, God wants the world to see his love for broken people just like you and me. So no matter how your spouse behaves, when you treat them with love, when you treat them with respect, and the world sees that you've done that not because of what they deserve, they see Jesus in you. We are running in order to reach the prize, and that means we have to keep our eyes on the goal at all times. A runner who has no motivation or the wrong motivation is a runner who's going to fizzle out quickly. They're going to zigzag on the path, wearing themselves out for nothing. God is after the finisher, the person who loves others with their life and ran their race for Jesus Christ. As we wrap things up today, I want us to consider this, that God has generously prepared us for the race that he's put before us. Running the race for Christ doesn't mean always living hungry, always going without. In fact, it's just the opposite. God and his gift of marriage gives an excess of everything we need to live an abundant life. I'm talking about God's word. I'm talking about an intimate fellowship within your marriage. I'm talking about a prayer partner within your marriage. I'm talking about unconditional love and so much more. One day I was lamenting what felt like a really big issue in my life as we were shopping through Walmart. And I reached the checkout lane and here was someone with a big screen TV. And they said, we're in Fat City now, right? This guy thought he had arrived. Now we think often that if we can just earn enough, just have enough of whatever it may be, we will be fully satisfied. Our sprint to try and fill our lives with wishes is based upon a fear. And I can testify that TV can be one of the greatest distractions in my life. But what if God asks you to trim your most precious self-serving goal for someone else? Remember that rich young ruler. What if he asked you to unplug the big screen TVs to bring conversation back into your home? What if he asked you to turn off Netflix at night? We know that a healthy relationship needs time and conversation. So why are we not willing to make the choices to bring that into our marriage. Stop running from things that are motivated by fear. You know, we usually don't get a lot of coordination from other people and those kind of things. You want a practical example? I watch people like me loving the praise of their coworkers at their jobs. And we literally work crazy hard and come home beat. And then out of fear that we're the only ones who will take care of ourselves, we begin to demand time to check out on the lazy boy in front of our favorite program. I need to unwind. I can't give to you. Time will tell you, you will not be better off ignoring your marriage so you can watch TV or whatever that big goal is that's in your life right now. When we fear that the only way that we will get our desires is to allow fat in our lives, we will self-destruct our marriage and ourselves at an alarming rate. But if your goal is to get biblically healthy, not to just unplug the TV, you'll more than likely be able to stay the course and have a spouse sharing your goal while providing accountability. And this takes me back to God's goodness in life and marriage. 
Trim the fat with an eye on a bigger purpose, and soon you're going to be on a completely different track, trying to spur each other on. When you're focused on a biblical goal, your motivation is one of love that lasts even when times get lean, and you've got to make hard choices about what to do first and what good things might need to go to focus on what's best. The truth is God has given an abundance when we live by his word and we love others sacrificially. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.